finding the pathway to being fully present.
And in a moment, you'll hear the sound of the bell. Take your time before opening your eyes, bringing yourself back, and just listen. Feeling into the presence of the bell and the sound. It is with deep honor and privilege to be here with you all for this week of the BIPOC retreat of 2023. My name is Noliwe Alexander, and I'm here to offer my heart to you and the Dhamma. I am the daughter of Larry and Marge, and the granddaughter of Sydney and Maggie and Laverne and Elizabeth. I never cease to introduce myself without really paying homage there. I know that they have my back. You're supporting me at all times. I come to you from a long line and long history of being, of having Spirit Rock be my spiritual home. And it's really an honor to be able to be here. And I oftentimes say, I've got the best seat in the house. I get to see you and feel you more than anything. But it's a pleasure to be here with this amazing team, and to celebrate this retreat with you. So I'm going to pass it forward for more introductions. My name is uh, Gulu Singh. I go by he, him pronouns. I live in uh, Santa Monica, California, Tongva land. And... um, I'm really happy to be here. I kind of wanted to like cheer when I walked into the room. <laughs> My heart is just overflowing with joyous energy. And um, I just find it so moving that we have 95 people, 100 counting us, who have taken this time out of busy lives, found people to support us in this endeavor of... Uh, cultivating the qualities of heart that we need to actually survive, if not thrive, in this challenging world. So very happy to be a steward in this journey. Good evening, dear ones. 
My name is Booker. My pronouns are she and her. And I kind of agree with Gulu. I was like, woohoo, yeah! You know, walking in the room, it's so beautiful, so beautiful to see you all. It's so beautiful that you all said yes to choosing to be on this particular retreat. Um, my very first retreat and the very first retreats that I assisted on, the very and the t- retreats I did for years were all people of color retreats. And I was shocked when I went to my first Dominic Culture retreat. I was like, oh, this is different than what I'm used to. Um, this is such a beautiful and sacred space and container. Um, I'm from, I live in Philadelphia. Um, I'm one who lived in New York. Thank you. <laughs> I lived in New York for almost 20 years. I moved to Philadelphia during the pandemic. And um, so I started uh, my practice life at IMS. That was my, my home for many, many years. And I've been tr- you know, trained at Spirit Rock where I got to meet these fun folks. And um, just really so happy that you all are here, that you all get to support each other's practice, that you're able to witness each other. And uh, thank you for, um, for allowing us to hold you this week. Buenas noches. Uh, mi nombre es Bruni Davila Perez. And I'm the daughter of Juan Antonio Davila Garcia and Iris Perez Gonzalez and granddaughter of Mercedes Garcia and Nini Garcia, Socorro Garcia, believe it or not, <laughs> and Juan Antonio eh, Perez, Juan Antonio Perez. And I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be here. This is this retreat has been home for many, many years. And um, I live a nomad life. I share, uh, live most half of the time, mostly in California and other time in uh, Boriquen, Puerto Rico. Uh, caring for now my mother and was caring for my now deceased a father and ancestor, Papi. <laughs> um, and um, it is a joy, it is a joy that to, to share the teachings and to share the life experience of this practice with you. Um, it's just an amazing journey, and I vow, vow and honor your presence here. Uh, that you chose to spend this time, these days here, cultivating your mind, your heart, being in community, and who knows what else. (laughs) So welcome, welcome, and thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Wish a very wonderful retreat. Mm. Hello, everyone. My name is Emiko Yoshikami. My pronouns are she and they. I've recently fallen in love with the pronouns ki and kin as it connects us to the earth and all of earth's beings. 
Are you getting a little funny crackling noise? Just pretend that isn't there. Maybe that'll help. Um, so I'd love to introduce myself by way of expressing some gratitude. Um, I am so profoundly grateful for all the ways that the Dharma has flown into my life, has supported me. I was raised um, with the Theravada Western convert insight tradition, of which Spirit Rock is firmly rooted. And I also want to express gratitude to my ancestors of the Higashi Honganji lineage, and specifically to my grandparents who brought Jodo Shinshu Buddhism to the States to support Sangha here. And I want to express gratitude to East Bay Meditation Center, my spiritual home, and especially gratitude, oh, I like that, yeah, <laughs> a special um, gratitude to you all and to Sangha. In many ways, Sangha has been my greatest teacher. And I know some of you in Sangha already with me, and now all of you are part of my Sangha. And um, 20 years ago, actually, I was here, the POC retreat at Spirit Rock, and Bruni and Noli were there as well, though we didn't know each other. And we sat around this octagon inlay. There were fewer of us at the time. And it was a profound, profound experience for me, and I committed to helping to support BIPOC Sangha. So it is a little bit unbelievable to me that here I am, having been invited to be a teacher trainee and invited to support Sangha. Dharma works in mysterious ways. <laughs> so I am here to um, learn, observe, and to serve all of you deep, Deep gratitude to you all. Thank you for your presence here. Um, magandang umaga, magandang gabi sang yong lahat. That's, you know, good evening, Sangha, and it's one of the very precious for me to go ahead and speak my mother tongue in this place that I've done a lot of healing in myself. Um, my roots are of the Philippines. Um, I come from a lineage of activists. Um, my grandparents, my Lolo and my Lola, uh, were part of the communist armed struggle in the Philippines. Um, my dad was very active in the people power movement, and my mother, who was an ancestor, um, transitioned into the ancestral realm last year, Joranina uh, Disguia Relucio, um, just really taught me about service. Um, yeah, my first point of entry was as an organizer here in the Bay Area, um, south of Market, San Francisco, and Oakland, East Bay. And just want to share a little bit about that, you know, my entry point into um, yoga practice and Dharma practice was after my second burnout as an organizer. And yoga and the Dharma were my main medicine, is my main medicine that allowed me to recover my, my health and well-being. And just feeling so grateful for Spirit Rock as my spiritual home. Also, like Emiko East Bay Meditation Center, um, how much deep healing I've done in where you all are seated. And it's just a very, it's, it's the gift and blessing to go ahead and support um, this container for our, our Sangha's healing. So... Um, deep gratitude, and thank you all for saying yes and being with us here today. Oh, 
I forgot to say my name. <laughs> That's why we have a team here. <laughs> um, my name is Jonathan Relucio, and my pronouns are he, him, Sha. And Sha is a gender-neutral pronoun in, in Tagalog, in Filipino. Thanks for your listening. <laughs> in uh, this contemplative practice one of the one of the keys to this meditation practice is developing the wisdom of where to place this chitta we could say heart we could say mind we could say awareness how to place the heart and then the frame with which we relate to our experience. Especially when there's struggle or a sense of not getting there or confusion, that we can at least, uh, something Larry Yang used to say, we might not know which direction we're going or how to get there, but we can at least be facing in the right direction. And so one way we can do this is through taking refuge So placing the heart, the notion of Buddha, one who is awakened. We can take inspiration from those people we know who are further along the path, have manifested some of these qualities of awakening. Take confidence in the notion of this historical figure that uh, passed the lineage to us, 2,600 years of wisdom that we continue to get to explore and practice together. And also Buddha can be this uh, confidence in our own ability for transformation, uh, where we've felt the fruits of our own practice, the intuition that brought you here or brings you here again and again. If you're here for the first time, the sense that this is worthwhile We can also rest the heart with dharma, the dharma, I should say, to be more authentic. (laughs) Dharma is these teachings, the uh, techniques and technologies and practices that enable us to access this kind of awakening. And it's a, when we rest the heart in dharma, it's like an encouragement to be more focused on the process and less focused on the outcome. Can we really enjoy the journey instead of obsessing about when we're going to get there? We can rest the heart with the idea of sangha, this spiritual community. I like to say that being here, I feel like there is like the most benevolent form of peer pressure. I sit up a little straighter, try to move a little bit less. And even more than that, there's some ineffable, mysterious field that gets created. Most of us probably know how much easier it is to sit in a community and how we kind of carry ourselves, each, we carry each other in this energetic stream. Another way to look at refuge is uh, Buddha is the awakened one, the awakening, the one that knows, this comes through awareness. Another definition of dharma is 
experience or phenomenon. So we have awareness, experiencing phenomenon, and then the notion of sangha is the way in which we can befriend our experience. For me, this is this simple formula of befriending my experience has been a profound help on this path. So how many of you are familiar with the Pali Refuge chant that's on the sheets in front of you? Just you know, raise of hands. Raise your hands high. Okay. So maybe we'll do this as a call and response. Um, the chant, basically, in Pali is Buddham Saranam Gachami, I go to the Buddha for refuge. Dhammam Saranam Gachami, I go to the Sangha for refuge. Uh, I go to the Dharma for refuge. And Sangham Saranam Gachami, I go to the Sangha for refuge. And we say it three times, just so it really sinks in. First time, you kind of get in it. Second time. Third time, it's in there. So I'll chant a line, and then you can chant it back. Buddham saranam gachami. Dhammam saranam gachami. Sangam saranam gachami. Sangam saranam saranam gachami. Dutiampi saranam saranam gachami. Dutiampi sangam saranam gachami. Dutiampi sangam saranam gachami. Tatiampi buddham saranam gachami. Tatiampi buddham saranam gachami. Tatiampi dhammam saranam gachami. Tatiampi Sangam Saranam Gachami. So this evening, I would like to share with you all the precepts. And the precepts are these ethical guidelines, these things that we say that we're going to do together so that we can play well in the sandbox together. And when I first started coming to retreat and chanting the precepts, I was like, I get it, you know, I'm promising this community that I'm going to abstain from 
you know, from killing, from stealing, from using my sexual energy in a way that could harm others. So I'm not going to kill, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to use divisive language, I'm not going to use my sexual energy in a negative way, and, and I'm not going to use drugs that could cloud my heart and mind and separate my heart from you. And so I get the precepts, right? I get it. But there was something that was missing for me. Just saying, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I'm not, but why am I not going to do it? And I was speaking this to a dear Dharma sister friend of mine, and she asked me if I had heard this other version. And it starts with knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined. Knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined, this is why we're doing it. Because we belong to each other. And so we're here to take care of each other to make sure that we are creating this container that folks feel like they can rest in, that we don't have to be quite so hypervigilant as a lot of us might experience life every day. That we can take a deep breath and that we, we can rest. And knowing that we've all moved into this social contract together of how we're going to care for each other, care for ourselves, and care for our practice on retreat. And so you'll see on your chant sheet, we asked them to make these in a font that was adult size, which is like 18 to 24 font size, in my personal opinion. Um, And so you'll see that um, on the English version, it says, I undertake the training to refrain from harming any living beings, right? And so I'm going to be chanting in Pali as Gulu just did, not with as much of a beautiful voice as Gulu. But as we are going through these, I want us to really think about um, what we're doing is we're using, we're going to be doing cultivation practices as opposed to abstaining practices, Right? So classically, we say that we're going to refrain from, we're going to abstain from. And it's easy for some of us to not create harm, to not steal from each other. It's a very different thing to cultivate practices and skills that we want to. And so knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined, I undertake the, pre- the precept to protect life. So I'm going to protect life. I'm going to protect my life. I'm going to protect your life. We can pause for a moment and reflect on what that looks like, what that feels like in our own experience. Knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined, I undertake the precept to be generous. It might be easy for us not to steal, but to actually be generous, to put that energy, that effort that thoughtfulness, the mindfulness into actually being one who moves through the world with a generosity in our hearts, holding that at the forefront of our, the way that we move through the world. And knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined, we are going to really care for our sexual energy. And to be really explicit, we are going to be practice, practicing celibacy on this retreat. 
So that means no sex with others, no sex with yourselves. And the reason why we're doing that is that there's so much energy that goes out when we're flirting with people, when we're masturbating, when we're having sex, when we are engaging that part of ourselves. So we really want to take this this precious energy that we have and to use it for our practice, to deepen our practice. Knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined, we're going to utilize the, the precept to really care for our speech, to make sure that we are using speech that is harmonious, that brings people together. And we will be practicing noble silence this week, which Noli will speak out a little bit more. And the way that we um, really care for each other is that oftentimes when we're in conversation, how often are we skewing what we are saying because the other person asks us a question and now we're talking about this instead of talking about this, right? And so when we're really utilizing speech that brings harmony, we're also allowing people to speak their heart, to speak the fullness of their truth, to allow them to be heard, to be witnessed. And then in the fifth precept is knowing how deeply our lives are intertwined. I undertake the precept to uh, care for the intoxicants that can cloud my heart and mind. So that means any intoxicant, and we tend to think of starting with drugs and alcohol, which we are not going to use on this retreat. We're also not going to be using uh, cell phones, um, eye watches. That's not what they're called, but, you know, iPhone on your watch. What are they called? Apple Watch. Thank you. You know? So we're also not going to use these intoxicants, things like news media, social media. We're not going to be ingesting those things on retreat. Because those can also really block our hearts and minds and, for, and allow us to believe that we don't belong to each other, that those people are not an extension of us. And around intoxicants, um, I want to be really, really explicit. If you are on medication, honestly, about 90% of people in this room are on some sort of medication. This is not the time to experiment, to explore what it's like to not use our medication. This is not what we're doing this week, all right? We need you to stay, to be whole. And so if you're on any sort of medication that allows you to um, to navigate the world with more ease, please continue to take that medication, all right? So we'll chant these in Pali. And we're going to do a call and response for half of it because there is a refrain that we keep going back to, which is Veramani, Sika Padam Sama Diami. And so the V is like a very soft W, Veramani, Sika Padam Sama Diami. So we'll do call and response with the first word or the first phrase in each. So I'll say the first one, you repeat it, and then we'll come in together with the refrain. Got it? All right. So you can bring your palms together if that feels good for you. You can bring your hand to your heart. Um, you can bring your hands down to touch the earth, whatever way feels good for you. Panatipata, Panatipata, together. Where are many? 
Sikapadam samadhyami Adinadana Veramani Sikapadam samadhyami Abramacharya Abramacharya Veramani Sikapadam samadhyami Musavara Veramani Sikapadam samadhyami Sura Merea Majapama Dattana Veramani Sikapadam samadhyami Thank you for your practice. <laughs> so much paper and no eyeglasses. So we'll see. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> this is what happens with the practice, too. It's like we start seeing clearly. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so taking a moment to feel the energy, the presence of all of us, And acknowledging and honoring that within us are our ancestors, that they are here in one way or another, and that we want to explicitly call, call on them, call to our ancestors to join us. Bringing to mind their image or their names. And if you wish, please, you can say their names out loud to accompany and protect us and be with us in this journey that we're starting tonight. So taking a moment, Mercedes, Juan Antonio, Mama,
And so continuing, continue receiving the presence. Sometimes we live such busy lives. Sometimes I live such a busy life, I, I just forget. But they're always here. And so in a way to honor, honor their presence too, we'll have an altar in the back, in the back of the room. And if you wish, we didn't ask you actually to, to bring anything, but if you wish to write a name or if you have a photo on your wallet or you have something that reminds you or that you want to put in the altar in the back, to honor whoever ancestor you want to honor, please feel welcome throughout the retreat. And now we're all together here. So I'll just take a moment to feel the presence of all our ancestors here. And so within, within ancestors, I also, we also want to call in the ancestors within the lineage of this tradition and honoring, acknowledging, recognizing that this tradition and within, within, you know, within our practice, the, the Theravada tradition too that we're going to be doing, there may be, there may be some of you that were raised in a Buddhist home. If anyone, please, if anyone was raised or in a Buddhist home, or yeah, yes. So. Um, we want to honor, we want to recognize that this tradition has been held on and has been passed to us uh, through the Asian roots, its Asian roots, and that many, many of the folks that have passed to, you know, in our communities and teachers of teachers and um, they've been here before we were here. They were here before many of our teachers taught us. I was raised Catholic, and here I am holding different traditions. We pay respect to the Asian ancestors' form whom these teachings and practices have come and have been preserved for the last 2,600 years. We pay deep respect to the Theravada, Zen, Mahajana, Tibetan, Pure Land, and the many other traditions that have brought the Buddha's teachings to our teacher's teacher, their teacher's teacher, to the monastic bhikkhus and bhikkhunis, and to the many sanghas around the world. And so taking a moment 
to feel this honoring in our bodies. in our hearts. And so, now I want to bring, we want to bring acknowledgement, we want to acknowledge this land and I want to acknowledge too if, or, and ask are there any uh, Coast Miwok Coast Miwok indigenous people here at the retreat okay it's part of recognizing you know that i'm 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 in their home for our relatives spirit rock is located both in the san jeronimo valley on unceded unceded coast miwok territory in the rancheria graton i'm gonna read from in their own um first voice it just felt too distance to say they, they, they. So, the first humans to appreciate the beauty and bounty of Marin County were the Coast Miwok. Coast Miwok oral histories trace their lineage back at least 10,000 years. And our creation stories describe how our, our ancestors emerged from the land itself. For millennia, we were careful stewards of the land. In return, the land took care of us. The bay, the marshlands, and streams provided an abundance of fish and shellfish, herds of deer, elk, and antelope, from the hillsides and rabbit and quail were readily available. We carefully tended, nurtured and gladded the many stands of oak throughout. They knew the yearly cycles of the plants and exactly when, where and how to gather the wide variety of native fruits the land offered so they would be another good harvest when we returned to that location the following year. We're honoring people, we're honoring right now, as we are on retreat, this land that is not ours. The land, now I'm talking for, you know, for here, us. This land that is from the earth, from the air, from the sky. We honor the Kosmiwuk people as the ancestral stewards of this land. Past generations and generations that are still in the area. We just had an indigenous retreat here. And we were very grateful to be received by our relatives here in their home. 
Thank you. That's taking a lot in, isn't it? Especially as you're first arriving. So why don't we take about a five-minute stretch break? We're going to come back, and we'll be closing out the evening so you can get a good rest. But um, let's be back at 8.40, all right? About five minutes, just a bio break, stretch. Move your body a little bit, stretch your legs. You see back in five
be the last person in over there can shepherd the rest of the people in and close the door. So uh, now we're going to do a relational practice, um, mindful speaking and mindful listening. In a moment, I'll arrange you or you'll arrange yourselves into triads. Um, But I just want to say a little bit about mindful listening. Certainly we listen with our ears, but there's also a way in which we listen with our bodies or listen with the heart way we can attune to people, listening with the eyes for awareness of all the cues that give us intuition into another person's state of mind, their posture, body language, tone of voice, their micro-expressions that flash across the face for thousands of a second that we can actually register and interpret. And it's an attention practice to pay attention fully to someone as if it were the most important thing in the world in this moment, letting it be that. And then also noticing, as we will in all our practices, the tendency of the mind to wander in this kind of an exercise. It often goes to planning or rehearsing, thinking about what you're going to say when it's your turn. Um, I like the phrase, trust emergence. We can just relax back. When we notice the planning mind or the rehearsing mind, we can just relax back and trust that whatever emerges when it's your turn to speak will be the dharma of that moment. It'll be the truth of that moment. Listening works really well when there's a sense of embodiment, a sense of being connected to the earth, a sense of being grounded in some way. And then as the speaker, to speak from the heart, speak the truth in accordance with our precepts, gives us the bliss of blamelessness to be able to be in integrity. Also having a sense of embodied presence when you're speaking, Uh, maybe relaxing. It's a good start to a meditation retreat. And I think I probably could say trust emergence for the speaker too, to not really worry too much about what's coming out of your mouth. So um, we'll do this in a very particular way. It'll be timed. Each person will have five minutes, and that five minutes is your stage time or your time to share. And your sharing might include silence. Sharing might just be sitting together in a group, And then we'll ring the bell, and then the next person will share. The next person will share. So in each cycle, one person is speaking, and the other two people are just listening. It's very different from a regular conversation, a speaker and and a field of kind attention that the other two people are created for the listening. 
So why don't you now orient yourself in groups of three so that you're facing each other and you're sitting at the same level. And then I'll give you the final instruction. As you're getting situated, you can introduce yourself to your partners. If you're a group of two and you need a third, raise your hand. Okay, so look around the room and find each other. (laughs) Are there any more pairs that need a third? Right in the front, do we have a orphan? Okay, are we all groups of three? Anybody need a partner still? Okay. Right. So I'm going to suggest that the person that you feel is closest to me will be the person to go first, the person to speak first. You can figure out who that is. And then the prompt is, uh, why did you say yes to this BIPOC retreat, given all the retreats that are offered? Why did you say yes to this BIPOC retreat, given all the retreats that were offered? The first person can begin sharing.
Just coming into silence for a moment. Just checking in, how's it in the body? Shift in energy in the body, maybe some shift in the mind. Or we can go in a clockwise direction. Next person can begin sharing. Why did I, why did you say yes to this BIPOC retreat given all the retreats that are offered?
Just coming into silence for a moment. Coming into silence and then just checking in. Connecting with sensation in the body. Connecting with emotion. And now the third person can share, why did he say yes to this bike park retreat, given all the retreats that are offered?
Coming into silence again. Just noticing how is it in this moment. Now you're going to have a few minutes for a more free-form conversation. Maybe there are follow-up questions you wanted to ask, or maybe just you could talk about the process. How was it to be engaged in this practice of mindful speaking and mindful listening? So I was at synagogue a few months ago. You were at synagogue? I was at synagogue. And one of our friends, one of our friends' wives, like she's like the singing rabbi, like that's like... This is like a TV show. The singing rabbi. And I was like...
Okay, coming into silence. Coming into silence and just reestablishing contact. Coming into silence. <laughs> coming into silence and just reestablishing this connection. Thanking your partners in any way that seems appropriate. Oh, cool. So as you settle back into your seats, settling back into your bodies, we are really curious about what came up for you all. And of course, there's that usual thing. I looked at my calendar. <laughs> there's a little space. Or I went to the Spirit Rock calendar, and I, and I created this space. Um, you know, this time of the year is, is great for those of us who are educators, and maybe this was just your summer vacation, what you're choosing to do with it. But as you continue to speak, you know, from that initial, I worked for my calendar. When you got to like minute two, minute three, minute four, what else was there? As you listened to other people and were inspired by how they got here and why they're here, did something else spark inside of your own body as to, oh yeah, and also? So we would love to open up and hear from a few people. Um, why are you truly here, right? So what really brought you here? Outside of it fitting into your calendar, what was it that seed that had been planted in your heart maybe a month ago, 20 years ago, that led you to be here today? So if you can raise your hand, Gulu can run the mic over to you. And if you could say your name first, please, Jet. <laughs> My name is Jet. I, <laughs> uh, I use he, him pronouns, and this actually did not work with my schedule. And, and there was this sort of last minute, like, trying to move a few things to make it work. But the reason I wanted to make it work was because I've been on other retreats where, sure, there was a lot to take away, and I, I, I got something out of the retreats, but it felt like I was cherry picking. Mm. And I've been in, I was talking to the group about how I've been in performance environments where it was an all black cast. And the difference that was felt backstage translated to what happened on stage. Mm. And it translated to what happened after the show. And it stayed with me so long. You know, I still remember some of those shows. And so here I wanted an experience that would resonate with me from beginning to end as opposed to cherry picking. And so I'm here. Mm, thank you. 
No pressure, right? He's like, stay with me forever. All right. This person here in the white scarf. Um, I'm Maganendra. If that's tongue trippy, you can call me Megan, and my pronouns are she, her. Um, I, I'm here. This, this is number three of the BIPOC retreat. Um, I'm, I'm here. I'm actually born up in the foothills of the Himalayan mountains, but grew up with a Sikh family. Um, but I'm here because. The, the Dharma and the Black Liberation Movement, which has made my life and my children's lives much more palatable to live in the United States, are so intertwined. And there's no other place other than working with civil rights organizations where the truth of those two movements come together so beautifully. And on top of that, that the reverence for the indigenous wisdom that's deeply in this land is also actually pulled up in a, in a deep and meaningful way. So mm. I hope to come for 20 more. Mm. <laughs> Maybe we can hear from one other person. My name is Amona Vie, she, her. Um, I'm only speaking because I don't even think I made it to the point <laughs> when I was sharing. Um, I went around the block to, <laughs> uh, given my life story, basically to say that um, I was overdue uh, for a residential retreat. I was overdue for a residential retreat with this community. Um, the first time that I attended this residential retreat, it was at at home residential retreat because of the pandemic. Mm. And I felt a little cheated, but I still <laughs> received benefit from being with my community, even if it was online. And ultimately I am with this community uh, to restart my practice, to bring healing to my life that has been really challenging in the last few years. Um, and the long story of me being one of few um, does not play out here. And I am very grateful for that. So that's why I'm here. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Thank you all for those beautiful offerings. Thank you for allowing us to witness your hearts again. And we're going to do our best to take care of you this week. All right. Yeah, I just want to go ahead and invite folks, if you feel like standing up, to stand up just to go ahead and shake it out a little bit if you can stay seated if you like or you can actually do this lying down just inviting us to go ahead and shake out an arm and then shake out the other 
arm. And then shake out a leg. Shake out the other leg. And then just shake anything you want to shake. All right, thank you for shaking with me. And I want to share a little bit about movement also. Our movement practice that we'll be having every day at 11 o'clock to 11.45. Um, just want to talk a little bit about the practice of being in Sangha together, which is what comes top of heart also is the practice of inclusion. And just wanted to acknowledge the, the, just the diversity of bodies um, within our sangha, and to keep in mind, you know, how can we make this practice accessible for everyone? And there are some folks here who are going to be new to mindful movement, new to yoga, and there are folks here in our sangha that are going to have years of experience. And wherever you fall along that spectrum. I just want to invite us into beginner's mind. You know, you know, what can I discover here now? Maybe just asking that question. And just like we're practicing stillness meditation, there's so much opportunity and simplicity to investigate um, just layers of subtlety in our experience. And the same goes with a, a very simple movement of moving the shoulders up and down. So we just wanted to go ahead and offer that. And within the Raja Yoga tradition, uh, movement, asana, uh, prepares the body for meditation. And breathing techniques prepares the mind for meditation. You know, movement supports the release of tension from the body and breathing techniques like belly breathing, rhythmic breathing, uh, supports the calming of the mind. And both work together to support steadiness and ease in our meditation practice. Um, and I just also recognize that there are a diversity of access needs. And everything that I'll be offering during the movement practice just want to emphasize that there are, they are suggestions and that there's a wholehearted invitation to go ahead and recreate the movements that feel best for your practice and for your well-being. You can jump on and off the tour whenever you feel like it, for real. You know, just really wanting to honor you know, the wisdom of your, your own body, heart, mind. And there's 90, over 90 folks, just beautiful folks that are be practicing together. And honestly, I can't make adjustments in those short periods to meet everybody's access needs. And I want to go ahead and invite you all to just go ahead and raise your hand if you have a question or if you'd like another option to whatever I'm offering. We'll be practicing in the, what's the name of the big hall? Down at the, Great the Great Hall. We'll be practicing at the Great Hall. All the mats are already set up. Just request to go ahead and pick the mat 
that you'll be practicing on for every day for their entire week. And we'll just go ahead and leave it out there every day. And we'll go ahead and roll up and break it down and clean up on the very last day. Okay. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll share is my, one of my teachers, um, Rolf Gates. I like when he talks about movement is like washing the dishes. In our meditation practice, there can be challenging emotions and thoughts and stories and memories that come to surface that can feel sticky and get the dishes dirty. And movement is a way to go ahead and help us wash the dishes. Okay, so just something to, another way to go ahead and hold our movement practice and to play with that. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Thank you, Jonathan. Um, it really is a beautiful support to your practice. To, I'm just going to give a little, like, I'm going to co-sign on the movement. It's really such a beautiful way to support your practice, even if it's something that you've never explored. Um, if you're, you know, we are sitting for many, many hours during the day, and your body needs additional support. You know, our spine's compressing, and so please take advantage um, of the gifts that Jonathan's offering on our retreat. Um, another support for your practice, which we will do tomorrow morning, is a renunciation practice of giving up your electronics. Um, some of you have already given them up. Um, this is an option, but it's something that we started many, many years ago here at Spirit Rock, where we invite people to really, truly live the precepts, right? And to give up your cell phones, your Apple Watches, your iPads, your computers, is a really, really beautiful practice to really release yourself from it. Even knowing that it exists is a temptation to lean when we get bored, when we want to be distracted, when we don't want to feel any emotion. It's so easy for us to turn towards these things to pick up in our hands and to take ourselves out of our practice, out of our bodies, and someplace else. And so whether you've already offered your device to um, one of the retreat managers, which is fine, um, if you want to sleep on it tonight and think about it, if you do want um, to offer up, in the morning we'll have um, blue tape that you can write your name on, and then we'll have a ritual in the morning where you can lay... Uh, Give us your phones, essentially. And I'll speak more about it in the morning. Um, they will be put into a safe for the week. Um, so they will be safe. Um, then we will get them back. People leave here all the time without their phones because they get so used to not having them. Um, but I'll speak more to that ritual. And we'll do it at the 8 o'clock, the 8.30 morning instructions. So whether you have already given, so if you have not given up your phone and you wish to, please bring it with you in the hall tomorrow morning and we'll do an official ritual around that, all right? Okay. And if you're unsure, bring it with you anyways and I'll speak more about it and then, and then we'll, we'll see you know, how you're feeling in the morning, all right? Cool, thanks. Thank you, Booker. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you for saying sleep on it. 
you know, really not sleep on it, but, (laughs) or maybe sleep on it, (laughs) but really be with it for a little bit. And it is a freeing um, practice. Um, So we've done a lot of talking and we actually allowed you to do some sharing, which was really good, I hope. And now we're going to, I'm just going to talk a little bit about where we're going next. And our next trajectory is into noble silence. Hmm. For those who have never entered into noble silence, I'm sure it sounds a little ominous. Right? It isn't. It's actually, it's the gift that keeps giving if you really allow yourself to receive it. So in, in our request and in our invitation to you, and this is the container of our retreat, is to enter into noble silence um, so that it is both internal and external. So the Buddha had all of these wonderful ways in which he talked about going into silence. It was through you know, contemplative practices and so forth. For us here, it's the same. We're asking you to shut off that dialogue that happens between you and someone else. You have friends here. You may have, you know, maybe even people you've just met in your triad. We're asking you to be mindful that everyone is going to be in their own experience of this practice. Everyone, things are going to arise for people in their very unique times and for you. So when you see someone, maybe they're in a place where there's some sorrow, allow them to be in their experience. It's so easy, isn't it? I mean, we're relational people. So we want to go like this, right? We want to, don't we want to help? We want to soothe. But really our, re, our invitation is for you to allow. And that's going to be a word that you'll probably hear quite a bit. Allowing. Allowing yourself and others to be in their process and in their experience of this deep gift that you've been given. That's my earring. And I want to just say something about this idea of silence, because sometimes it's a real um, sticky word here, because in our culture, in our world, many of us in BIPOC, in, in definitely dominant spaces as BIPOC people have been, have had the experience of being silenced. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the gift you give yourself in silence. There will be promise, and I can almost guarantee this, there'll be enough chatter going on. (laughs) Yeah. But this is an opportunity for you to rest in the next seven days. To actually walk in silence, go into your room in silence. When you renunciate, your cell phone, and all the electronics. You're really freeing yourself 
from all the entanglements that become habituations in your life. So stepping back a moment and saying, I can actually walk this path, hear what's happening. When we're silent, we actually have this ability to listen, deep listening. You even have a great opportunity to listen to your heartbeat. So let's go from that place of this noble silence. And this nobility, doesn't that sound as if we're really honoring our silence for these last seven, these next seven days? The noble silence that we're going to be entering into. And it's going to start now. Not when you get in your room or you leave here. We're starting right now. And what we're going to do, what I'm going to do in a moment, as soon as I finish talking, um, I'll ring the bell. And that will be our moment. And we will come out of silence at the end of our retreat. There'll be times in which we'll have Q&A throughout the, in the hall here. We'll also have group Um, practice periods in which you have an opportunity to talk. But we're really asking you and inviting you to spend this time not connecting with your friends, not trying to get their attention, but allowing the space to be. And one of the things that I think is most precious is when you begin to enter in to those very sacred places within yourself, your heart, mind, and you recognize, oh, this is how I be. This is what it feels like to be, not to do. You know, you have gifted yourself these seven days. So. Thank you, Sangha, for your nobility. Let's close the night with a dedication of merit. May the merits of our practice, of our coming here together, of our wise and good intentions. May they ripple out in all directions, exempting none. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering and the causes of suffering, freed from all forms of oppression and the causes of oppression. May all beings everywhere, throughout space and throughout time and in all realms, Rest in the lap of the Buddha and be held in the arms of compassion. May everybody, may all of us, get free.
sleep well, rest well. We'll see you. There's an early morning practice period. I don't have the schedule. At 6.15. So we may see you. But in here, rest well. Good night.